Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Wow. <laughs> dead air. What do you do with dead air? Hey, Holly. <laughs> How are you doing, Vanya? <laughs> Just hoping to dear gosh that we can get this uh, this going. I'm not sure whether uh, Ariel's going to have to call back in or not. Um, but what we were planning to speak about tonight was the star markings, astrology, and the crystal soul group. Um, with the anniversary of everybody knowing that the um, August harmonic convergence of 1987 is this week, another major activation of Atlantean soul groups is upon us. And Ariel is going to explain the meanings of the six star markings used to identify the soul groups with rites of passage from Atlantis in regard to the crystals, the starseed crystal quest, and the missions connected to the proper use of power, crystals, and technology. Lavender is in Arkansas tonight preparing for the weekend gathering and crystal dig, and she'll be back with us in two weeks. Um, the week-long Starseed Crystal Quest is in October from 11th to 17th, and we only have a few cabins left, so we're looking for people with these crystal star markings to reunite with your soul groups for this galactic mission. If you're not sure if you have the required markings, please write the crystal. Um, sorry, hold on one second. Um, I think I just got a little bit of a... We're going to have to end the episode... Um, or continue. I'm going to continue for a second. Hopefully Ariel can call back in. Um, so we only have a few cabins left. We're looking for people to connect with us. If you're not sure if you have the required markings, please write to crystals at starseedhotline.com and we'll be glad to check your charts for them. Um, just be sure to include your exact birth, date, time, and place, and your current location. At the top of the show, we'll try our best to get Anastasia's Starseed News up and running, uh, bringing topics of interest to Starseed that you won't hear in the mainstream. Um, looks like I see that um, our host has returned, so hopefully she can hear me. Um, best I can do is just try communicating via typing, so uh, please hang in there, everybody. Really appreciate your patience. Okay. So... <laughs> What do we do with dead air? Holly, um, since you were at, which one of the um, actual crystal quests were you at? Gosh, I'm trying to remember now. It was a fall, um, October of, it must have been, no, you know what? It was not October. It was the spring of 20, spring of 2013. Think, so that, I believe, the second quest, correct? Yes, I was just going to say, I think the very first one was October of 2012, and I went on the second one. Excellent. I was at the first one, so we're we're right on in order. Um, oh, there's Anastasia back here. Let me see if I can get Anastasia. I keep hearing I keep hearing things. Hold on one second. Let's see if I can get Anastasia in here. Hey, Vanya. Hi, Anastasia. Oh, you hey. can hear me. Good. <laughs> Good. I get. Well, that's great. Um, at least we can hear you, and I think the listeners can hear you. So I'm going to let you take over and do the Starseed News. 
Um, and meanwhile, I'm going to try and uh, work with Ariel to see if we can get her back online. Good. That's just excellent. We're coming together piece by piece. That's great. So we'll start off with tonight's news. And by the way, Vanya, you're doing a great job pinch hitting. Wonderful. All right. Well, Starseed listeners, it's great to be with you tonight. It seems like another week has just flown by. We have some interesting news this evening, so let's get right to it. I want to talk about the sun to start off with, as usual. There's almost no chance of flares from the sun at this time. There's only one small solitary sunspot on the earth-facing side of the sun, and it does pose no threat for strong flares. And uh, according to phys.org, they've put out an article about solar activity declining. And people, scientists, are wondering what in the world we can expect. Now, the sun, by the Atmospheric Imaging Assembly of NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory, has wondered if the Earth is slowly heading for a new ice age. They are looking at the decreasing number of sunspots. They say it may seem that we're entering a nearly spotless solar cycle, which could result in lower temperatures for decades. They say the solar cycle is definitely starting to decline. We have less active regions visible on the sun's disk. This is according to a space weather forecaster at NASA's Goddard Goddard Space Flight Center. Now, the solar cycle has a periodic change in the sun's activity, and its appearance is uh, uh, gauged by the number of sunspots. Now, the solar cycle has an average duration of about 11 years. The current solar cycle began on January in 2008 with minimal activity that occurred until 2010. Now, they say that the sun is now on track to have the lowest recorded sunspot activity since accurate records began in 1750. And in addition, in a recently published paper in Space Weather, an associate professor of the UNH Institute for the Study of Earth, Oceans, and Space, says that due to a highly abnormal and extended lack of solar activity, the solar wind is exhibiting extremely low densities and magnetic field strengths, which in turn is causing dangerous levels of hazardous radiation to pervade the space environment. Well, these are the same conditions that brought about the highest intensities of galactic cosmic rays that have been seen since the beginning of the space age, and scientists are now wondering if we're entering the Marauder Minimum, which was the Ice Age, the mini Ice Age, happened hundreds of years ago. We'll have to wait and see. From where I sit at my desk, it seems like overreaction. You know, we just read from week to week what the cycles are doing, and it wasn't that long ago that the sunspots were active, according to the news that I read. But according to the news that I'm reading to you today, they say that it's on the decline. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Take it with a grain of salt, I suppose. Well, in Los Angeles, they've come up with something of a solution, they think, to prevent evaporation in their reservoirs. On Monday, Los Angeles mayor deployed final 20,000 of the 96 million shade balls into the surface of the city's reservoir, and that completed the final stage of the $34 million Los Angeles Department of Water's attempt to protect the region's water quality. What does that mean? What is a shade ball? Well, (laughs) they are small plastic balls. That's it. Just small plastic balls appear to be about 
of course, it's hard to tell from a photograph, but maybe fit in the palm of your hand, maybe a little larger. These plastic balls that are floating on top of the reservoir supposedly will save 300 million gallons of water from evaporating every year. They say that's going to stem about 90% of the losses that occur through evaporation. They say that the balls will save an estimated $250 million compared to other initiatives that they have designed to have the same effect. They were going to install two floating covers or divide the reservoir in half with a bisecting dam. They say that would have cost more than $300 million. So they settled out for these balls instead. Now, they cost only 36 cents a piece. Of course, you know there's a lot of them, but they say they don't require further labor or maintenance aside from occasional stirring the pond or rotation. The balls being used in the Los Angeles Reservoir, they say, are made of high-density polyethylene, which is the same material gallon milk containers are made of, and a city official has come out and said that the balls will not leach chemicals or affect water temperatures, and this was in the response to objections about... Uh, the BPA chemicals coming out of the balls, city officials say no harm will come from that. So we'll have to wait and see about that. Well, in Latin America, one of Latin America's most treasured ancient Mayan monuments, the main temple at Chichen Itza in eastern Mexico, at least partially stands on a subterranean river cavity and is in danger of collapsing, scientists are warning. They say that uh, we might lose that temple because of the cavity underneath of it. Apparently, there is a lot of erosion, and they think it may collapse. Now, in a separate but similar report, Mexico's National Institute of Anthropology and History said that another Mayan site called Uxmal had an unusually high number of medicinal plants that were growing around the structure. Researchers believe that the Mayans planted these plants intentionally. They say the site has about 150 species that can be used to treat a number of ailments, including snake bites and infections. Aha! Everybody, a natural pharmacy. Isn't that something? The ancients knew a lot of stuff, and sometimes I wonder how we got here. Well, we managed to survive this long because we had plants and shamans to help us survive. And in Japan, residents near the Sakura Jimia volcano, Japan's southernmost main island, uh, evacuated to safe places Saturday after the government raised its alert level to four on a five-point scale, indicating a major eruption could be imminent. There is a nuclear power plant in close vicinity to this volcano, which just happened on Tuesday, became the first to be rebooted under tighter safety rules adopted in the wake of the 2011 Fukushima nuclear plant disaster. Now, fortunately, no abnormality has been reported at the plant, but numerous, earth, numerous earthquakes have been recorded since 7 o'clock Saturday, and an increase in crustal movement was also observed. The Japan Meteorological Agency has said that those are signs indicating that magma has risen to near the volcanic vent. And in Ecuador, we have another volcano uh, erupting. It is the Cotopaxi volcano, which spewed a column of ash that was three miles high on Friday, prompted officials to raise the alert level there, naturally, of course. The ash was preceded by two small explosions from the crater. Now, this Cotopaxi volcano is 19,000 feet high and is located about 30 miles south of the capital, Quito. The Geophysics Institute said this volcano was one of the most dangerous in the world because of the large amount of snow at its peak, <clears throat> excuse me, and because nearby areas are very densely populated. 
Well, in connection to our story about solar radiation and uh, lowered sun flares, apparently there's been an urgent investigation launched by the uh, government of England into the effects of cosmic rays on airplanes. Uh, airline passengers, they say, could be vulnerable to the effects of cosmic rays from the sun during a massive solar storm, a new report has found. The government has ordered Public Health England to conduct an urgent investigation into the repercussions of increased radiation caused by a huge explosion of high-energy particles from the surface of the sun. This comes as a report into the UK's space weather preparedness, which outlines what needs to be done to cope with a major burst of space, of space weather. Well, in California, we are wondering now, scientists are wondering if the great white sharks are getting a taste for sea otters off the coast of California because California sea otters, although they are endangered, are being attacked by sharks, and it's becoming a worrying trend as more than 50% of the dead otters that they find washed up on the shore are now bearing the marks of shark bites. Now, great white sharks are attacking and killing the otters, leaving scientists baffled about why they appear to be preying upon the little endangered animals. They say that it's a puzzle because sharks do not usually eat small furry animals. They like fattier fish, smoother skin instead. The trend is concerning conservation groups as California sea otters are already endangered and they really don't have any idea what's causing this. They have no idea what's causing this. They are thinking that the uh, sharks are not eating the otters either, but they're just biting them. And the otters happen to be dying from the wounds. They say that maybe it's exploratory bark bites as the shark tries to figure out what the creature is. Hmm. I thought that was an odd way to end the article, apparently because of some of the uh, very unusual migrations that we're seeing by the sea animals. A lot of sea animals are showing up on the coastlines that shouldn't be there. Perhaps these otters are out of their element and uh, the sharks are unfamiliar with them. The article didn't specify that, but that would be my question. Well, in Portland, Oregon, wow, check this out. A southeast Portland man thinks that a meteor might have caused a mystery fire in his front yard. The man said he heard a loud boom outside of his house Wednesday night, that's last Wednesday, coupled with a flash of light. When he went outside, he found part of his front yard on fire in the shape of a circle. Now, firefighters Firefighters told him the fire was naturally caused. However, they couldn't find any fragments of anything. And the man thinks it's a fallen meteorite. He said, because the bush was set on fire, you can kind of think there was a trajectory of something flying through the air. And since it was the night of the Perside meteor shower, he said, you got to wonder. And other meteorite news. Um, they are wondering now if meteorite impacts in the ancient oceans may have formed DNA building blocks. Mm. Well, a new study has shown that meteorite impacts on ancient oceans may have created nuclear bases and amino acids. Researchers from the National Institute for Material Science in Japan discovered this after conducting impact experiments simulating a meteor hitting an ancient ocean. 
editorial note here. One wonders how they would do that, and editorial note. <laughs> but with precise analysis of the products recovered after impacts, the team formed, uh, found that the formation of nucleobases and amino acids uh, occurred from inorganic compounds. And they reported this re uh, research this week in a scientific letter. So interesting. I'd like to know how they did that experiment, but whatever they did, they are now convinced that uh, life has arisen or could arise from meteors, I should say. You know, in the, before this, this was a lot of speculation. Apparently now they have the research to back that up. Well, you know, in ancient times, the monks would write, uh, handwrite documents um, to preserve information. Monks did that. Average people didn't write, but monks would sit in their towers and, and write information in order to preserve it, and we still have those papers today. They have lived for hundreds of years. But an Internet pioneer has warned of a digital dark age that's going to descend as computer hardware and software not only becomes obsolete, uh, but maybe gets damaged. Uh, they are worried about the preservation of information in our digital age. How are we going to keep it? How are we going to access it? Uh, tons and tons and tons of information on disks that have already become obsolete with more uh, uh, upgraded methods and so forth of uh, data storage on the way, and they just are worried that, you know, maybe all of the Earth's information could be lost. Well, what about, let's say, a power grid failure or an outage of some kind? So, yeah, that's something to be concerned about. Well, scientists are already exploring a permanent way or relatively permanent way to store data. They have said that DNA could be used to store digital information and preserve essential knowledge for thousands of years, and this according to recent research. Scientists have been exploring the archiving potential of DNA, and they have conducted a test in which error-free data was downloaded, downloaded after what they say is the equivalent of 2,000 years. Well, again, one would wonder how they did that, but notwithstanding, they say that their next challenge was to find a way of searching for information that would be encoded in the strands of DNA floating in a drop of liquid. Well, a researcher from the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology has said, um, well, we are concerned about saving our information on hard drives, which wear out in a few decades, and we have to find another way to save and recover information. And they say that DNA has a language that's not unlike the binary code used in computers. Now, while a computer hard drive uses zeros and ones to represent data, the DNA code is written in sequences of four chemical nucleotides. I'm sure you all know this, known as A, C, T, and G. They say that DNA can pack more information into a smaller space and also has the advantage of durability, provided, of course, the human race is still around. They say, in theory, a fraction of an ounce of DNA could store more than 300,000 terabytes of data, a fraction of an ounce. And wow. archaeological finds have shown that DNA dating back hundreds of thousands of years can still be sequenced to this very day. So that shows that it can survive. Isn't that amazing? I yeah, don't can know you hear me, Anastasia? Yes, actually I can. Is that you, Ariel? Okay. Yes, it's me. Oh, good. Okay, continue. I just wanted, okay. I just wanted to test. Well, good. It looks like we're up and running full time so I can wrap up the news here. I was dragging my feet a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> Give everything time to come together, so we'll go into our last story. 
Well, um, you know, we've been bugged by mosquitoes, pardon the pun, all summer long in my part of the country. We've had such wet weather, and the bugs are driving us crazy. Mosquitoes and flies and all kinds of pesky little critters. And uh, I think, like most of you, I'm really reluctant to use DEET or any chemical uh, to repel these bugs. And I'm sure many of you are so savvy about this and are also already aware that we can have natural remedies for insects. Well, um, being very much into the shamanic way of life, uh, we often use sweet grass in ceremony. Sweet grass is a sacred grass uh, used to bring in positive energy in uh, shamanic ceremony. But now they have discovered that sweet grass, as a plant that's been used forever in traditional medicine, contains compounds that repels mosquitoes. And native North Americans have long used sweet grass uh, for uh, energy reasons as well as for traditional medicine and to repel insects and mosquitoes in particular. But now re researchers are reporting that they have identified the compounds in sweet grass that keep these bugs away. Um, they say that, uh, here, hold on a second, yes, the... Um, the chemicals that were discovered following tests in their studies were phytol and coumarin. And they say that coumarin is an ingredient in some commercial anti-mosquito products, while phytol is reported to have repelling activity in the scientific literature. So it's not just the sweet smell of the, uh, the sweet grass, but it is those chemical compounds in it that makes it very effective in repelling these bugs. So if you don't want to use DEET or you don't want to use from meteor chemicals and you don't happen to have one of your own concoctions at home, check out some sweet grass oil. I'm going to be doing that right away. I'm glad we're all back together tonight, Ariel. It's great to turn the show over to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're not quite all back together yet, but I so appreciate you're doing the news and carrying on while I'm you're welcome. Working, I working with support here. I want to report that it is broadcasting, so we're good. Okay, excellent. That is great news. Okay, catch so you next what, week. Thank you so much, Anastasia. And um, after uh, working with our technical support here at Blog Talk, and they are wonderful at what they do, um, they said that what I need to do is to reset the show and start it over again, but this means that everyone that is on the switchboard right now is going to be disconnected. So you'll have to just call back in. So um, otherwise I have to do the whole show on my cell phone, and I don't know that the sound quality is going to be acceptable. Let me ask Vanya. Vanya, how does the sound of the, the cell phone to you? You know what? Actually, from what I'm hearing, it's it's pretty good. I'll take that over not hearing your voice. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's your two cents. We may not have to reset the show because I would hate to have to do that. Hang on. Let me talk to um, uh, Jada. Does it, does this cell phone sound okay? Yeah, it sounds great to me. Okay. All right. Well, then let me just tell support that we don't have to um, reset the show because that's that's kind of like <laughs> anticlimactic. So hang on a second. Let me just do that, and then we're going to get going. <clears throat> okay, almost there. 
Okay. So um, let me just bring Vanya back on here. <laughs> uh, Vanya, did any of my yes. intro, no, no one heard any of that? Not a single thing. Um, I know that I heard the entrance uh, music, and then it was pretty much blank, and then the entrance music, I think, played three more times, two or three more times. But then I kind of read the star markings, astrology. <laughs> okay. <and Christmas. laughs> Well, uh, for some reason, for some reason, the host line um, isn't working. So I've had to call in on the guest line with my cell phone, which I'm not crazy about doing. But um, I want to get this show going because I'm really excited to share this information with everyone. And um, apparently, because I couldn't hear the theme song or anything, I just kept pressing the button over and over again, thinking maybe it would come back. And so it was actually working. I was the only one not hearing it. And uh, so that means that um, none of my intro uh, was heard. So let me just kind of uh, give you the Reader's Digest version of it. In in this um, episode, I want to explain the intricacy of the tapestry that has been woven since the time of Atlantis. And I think, um, Vanya, I'm just going to leave your mic open. So that you can tell me if if the sound is, <laughs> I'm kind of kind of wanting uh, someone here to hold my hand uh, because I'm just not I'm not sure what, about the uh, uh, the technical problems remaining stable. So I'm going to start as I mentioned in the intro, which nobody heard, that tonight, right now, as we speak, the sun is at galactic degree in Leo. And this is the anniversary of August Harmonic Convergence of 1987. And there was a planetary alignment at that time that was used by the Pleiadians and their allies, a long-awaited alignment to beam a gigantic evolutionary frequency to the planet, almost like a giant um, spray hose all across the planet installing, implanting these activation codes in starseed bloodlines. And some of these went off right away and others would be time released. And at the anniversary of August Harmonic Convergence, which is now, this week, um, there is always the possibility that some of these timers are going to go off. And it steps up in consciousness. It is um, activation of maybe new assignments. Sometimes it's enhancement of abilities. Sometimes it's new abilities. Um, Any number of of things can happen, but it's always a step up. And August Harmonic Convergence, even if it was in 1987, and even if you weren't born yet in 87, you're still being affected by this because every year during the anniversary, they send another kind of a booster frequency to keep the spin going and keep the star seeds um, spiraling upward. So the return of technology to the planet was one of the things that was initiated in 1987. And the technology had been forgotten since the time of Atlantis. And that's really where our story starts. Atlantis was 
one of the most, if not the most successful civilization the planet has ever known. They lived by the law of one for anywhere from 100,000 to 200,000 years. There's different opinions on that. And it wasn't really until the last little bit when things started going bad due to the misuse of power. So Atlantis existed during the age of Leo. And right now, we have just started the age of Aquarius. And I want to explain a little bit about the astrology of this. Because the wheel has 12 houses. And it's actually six pairs. So, for example, um, Aries and Libra are 180 degrees apart. And even though the term is um, opposition, because they're opposite each other, it doesn't necessarily mean um, conflict or you know adversarial things. It is balance. And it's, it's a straight shot. It's like two sides of the same coin. So here we are in the age of Aquarius. And Aquarius is the opposite sign from Leo. So they are inextricably connected. So that whenever you think of, of Leo and Aquarius, there's a, there's, a, there's a reciprocation between these two. So this is part of the grand plan that we would have to wait after the technology went way far um, into misuse and the crystals were being misused, things got so bad that there was no other choice but to just scrub the entire Atlantean continent. But before they did that, they put things in place for their return, and it would be in the age of Aquarius, coming out the other side, so to speak. So we are, this is a time when Atlantean technology, um, Atlantean souls are returning to make sure that we don't do this again. And Aquarius is a sign that is connected to technology and crystals. And there's a lot of other characteristics of Aquarius, but these are the focus the focuses that I want to work with right now. So the galactic degree, as we know from Lavendar's work, is 25, 26, and 27. And I do want to interject that all of this information that I'm giving to you ultimately came from Lavendar and the things that she's taught me. And I kind of translate it into terms that um, the average person can understand. So galactic degree in Aquarius is the mark of Atlantis because of the technology and the crystals. And this is why this is one of the marks for the crystal soul group. And therefore, Leo, being the opposite sign of Aquarius, has those same um, characteristics in, in rites of passage concerning crystals and technology, inventions. And 
the um, the people of Atlantis, for the most part, were observing these things happening. Not everyone in Atlantis um, was involved in the misuse of power. But when they knew that the end was coming, they didn't want to lose their, their knowledge and their history. So it was recorded in the crystals. They're like giant hard drives. And there are three master Atlantean crystals that contained the sum of their knowledge. And the Atlanteans preferred the crystals from Arkansas. That's where their crystals came from, uh, for the most part. So when when the, the Atlantean time was over, they took these master crystals back to Arkansas and buried them. And this, in turn, um, coded and programmed the crystals in Arkansas. And the, <clears throat> excuse me, the crystal veins and deposits in the state of Arkansas are the largest and strongest in the world. And they have then coded those master crystals, are like beeping under the ground. And they are programming all the crystals with this information. And the three master crystals are buried kind of in a triangle right around the um, Mount Ida, um, Mina, Hot Springs area, right there around the, uh, the Washita Mountains. And, of course, this is why we take the Crystal Quest group to Arkansas. Now, the other markings, because there were issues of misuse of the crystals, and crystals are really advanced technology if you know how to use them correctly. And um, the, the um, I'm sorry, I got interrupted because the support was just wanting to make sure we were okay. Because the crystals had been misused, they had to put a protection fail-safe in place. And the god that was known as Saturn or Kronos is the ruler of Capricorn. And for those of you who have a little bit of astrological background, um, you understand the energies of Saturn. But if you don't, Saturn, if you think about the planet with the rings around it, it contains things. It has boundaries. It has limits. It's about uh, staying between the lines and duty, responsibility, integrity. I mean, Saturn is a very serious planet, and um, it, it just doesn't waver. So this is why the mark of the crystal grid, with the Pleiadians and their allies decided that 26 Capricorn, 25, 26, 27, actually, when, I'm, when I say 26, I'm actually including all the three galactic degrees. So they gave the protection of the crystal grid to Saturn and Capricorn because Capricorn doesn't waver. You know, you think about the, the knight who says none shall pass. He really means it. So therefore, with, with Cancer being the opposite sign of Capricorn, this has the same connection to the crystal grid, and 
is these are two more of the six markings. So we've got galactic degree in Leo and Aquarius for the connection to Atlantis and crystals and technology. And then we've got 26 Capricorn and Cancer, which is the protection of the crystal grid. And then we've got the marks of the Pleiades, galactic degree in Taurus and Scorpio. Because Atlantis was a Pleiadian project, although it was um, like a, a galactic commerce port, there were races from all over that would come and go from Atlantis. But it, it was the Pleiadians who were in the lead then. Um, well, they had, it was their project. So that's why the marks of the Pleiades are also included as part of the six markings. Now, when the people who have these codings return to Arkansas and are exposed to this this beeping, like the crystals under the ground there, they're just they're just beeping with this um, Atlantean uh, Pleiadian coding. It has an effect on them. And there were ancient promises made to reunite 10,000 years from now, because it's been 10,000 years, uh, well, more than that, since Atlantis. And when these people come back together, there's a, a catalyst of energy that happens. So when we're working with charts... Okay, I think uh, we're having... Are we having problems? Uh, sorry, Hello? yeah, you just kind of, um, I, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, sorry, your your cell phone was just having lag issues. You're okay now. You're okay now. I'm okay Go ahead now. now. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for providing shotgun on this for me, Vanya. I really appreciate it. <clears throat> Happy to help. Okay, so so when when we work with charts and look for these markings, um, we work from the natal and the progressed chart. And because sometimes when starseed souls come in, they don't carry all of their diplomas and rites of passage that they've had from countless numbers of lifetimes, um, or maybe some only a few lifetimes, but not all starseeds come in with all of their like merit badges right there on the natal chart. And the natal chart is your blueprint, and um, it doesn't change. It, your, your connection to your natal chart doesn't change, but it does evolve with your progressed chart. So that um, it's kind of, I make the analogy, your natal chart is like your body, and your, prog- your progressed chart is your, you know, the current fashions that you're into. It's still your body. But you, as we go through phases, we evolve along with our charts. So the, the progress chart is secondary to the natal chart, which is always your blueprint. But the progress chart brings in these activations. So if you had earned a, and I'm speaking in, in uh, metaphoric terms here, if you had a diploma from a past lifetime, maybe uh, you know, in medicine or in science, 
you might not come in with that marking right there on your natal chart because you're not going to need it until you're an adult. And, and then by progression, one of your planets or house cusps will reach that frequency associated with that, that diploma that you may have, and it gets reinstated. So you can go back to work in, in that field. So the progress charts can also bring these activations to um, prior lifetime accomplishments. And this is why we check both natal and progressed. And once an activation happens on your progress chart, it doesn't go away. It remains. And you continue to collect them as you go on. Um, Excuse me. But... And I have had a couple people ask this question um, because, yes, the the planets can cross over any number of star markings. And if you didn't have that diploma, it's not going to uh, render any any result. And certainly if you're not starseed, it's not going to render any result. But when it clicks in, and and you 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 maybe um, become interested in a field that it just seems to come really, really natural to you. Like, oh, I was never interested in crystals, but when I picked them up, it would, you'd get on a fast track as, as memories return so that um, it will affect the people that have the soul records, but it won't affect the people that, do, that don't. So this is why we check the, the natal and the progress chart for these markings. But the grand design, when you think about it, um, when Atlantis was coming to an end, they put these fail-safe measures in place, taking the crystals, coding their history, taking them to Atlantis, I mean, to, to Arkansas, and then the Atlanteans would scatter across the globe. And one of the, the pockets of Atlantean descendants were the Native Americans. And they also hold a big key because of this area. Arkansas is called the natural state because every mineral known to our planet can be found there. It's it's like the, the repository of every um every mineral. And the the waters um in the area of hot springs Back in ancient times with the Native Americans, this was called the Valley of the Vapors because the hot water would just be coming right out of the mountains and the steam would come up and it would make rainbows and the amazing uh, configuration of the way the herbs would grow in perfect circles and seven different springs with seven different um, healing attributes and the the thing that I really love to hear about um, when it comes to the Native Americans' um, respect and appreciation for this area, they called it the the gift from Great Spirit. And this place was so revered that when warring tribes would journey there because the tribes would make the journey to go to this sacred place every so often, sometimes more often than others. But even adversaries 
when they got to the sacred land, they would lay down their swords and their and their their hatchets or their arrows, whatever weapons they had, and and be in peace with each other because there could be no desecration of this sacred land. And um, the Native American um, legends about this time are just they're fascinating. And there's there's some books out there that have that, and I won't go into all that detail right now, but the the healing waters are also because they've been washing over these crystals for for thousands of years when the people with these particular coatings the six crystal star markings when they get in that water something happens things start igniting and there's a um, a release there's a an expansion and it's it's different for each person, and we'll be talking to um, to Jada and and Holly um, and Nancy about this in a, in a few minutes here. But this is all part of this this grand design, and it all comes back to the proper use of power, the proper use of crystals and technology, and this soul group that that is spread all over the globe return and come together and as we circle up it um it heals because there's been a lot of injury um in that area with the with the crystals um and commercial mining and you know the computer industry uh, crushing crystals to use in computers and things there's been a lot of of wounding so when this particular group gets back there we do work in in healing this, and the energies get higher each time we return because we build on on the work of the groups that have come before, and this establishes the balance beam between man and nature, and it is also the return of the Atlanteans, which include Pleiadians and and people who were stewards for the crystal grid. So it all ties in with August Harmonic Convergence, the age of Aquarius, going all the way back to the age of Leo, and the Atlantean knowledge and history. So this was this was planned more than 10,000 years ago that there will be a time, like it says in the Bible, there's a time to cast away stones, and they did because they were misusing the stones, so they had to lay them down. And then there's a time to gather stones together, and that is the time that is upon us. So with the sun today at galactic degree in Leo, this is going to be activating a lot of Atlantean souls. And um, the thing that I have noticed, sometimes when people have really strong Atlantean connections, that they can be a little shy around crystals because, and they don't know why, that it's because they respect the crystals so much and somewhere in their, in their memory they know what happens if you don't use them properly. So sometimes, you know, if you have a little hesitation around crystals, it's because you remember with such respect, but that doesn't mean that it's not time to pick them back up again. And... Um, there's a little book in our in our vault. It's an e-book 
that was a transmission from the Crystal Brotherhood to Lavendar. So we've turned that into an e-book, and it will help you to remember about the proper care and use of crystals. So um, at this time, I think I want to um, bring in some friends, and I'm going to actually I'm going to open your mic up, Jada and Holly as well. And I'm going to take a look down this uh, switchboard here and see if I can find Nancy. Um, oh, there you are. Okay, so I'm going to open up all three of your microphones. So, uh, Jada, Holly, and Nancy, thank you so much for joining us on the show this evening. Hello, Ariel. Oh, thank you for having us. Well, hey, is, Jada. <laughs> hey. It is always a pleasure to reconnect and um, I just might want to add here that um, since we have had already seven crystal quests, Nancy was at the very first one. So she's like the, the flagship um, crystal quest person. And uh, and then Nancy came back again for crystal quest three. Holly was there for crystal quest two. And Jada was at crystal quest two and five. So these are... Um, some really wonderful ladies who I want to just kind of ask um, this question, and you can be thinking about it. When you came to the quest, did you have any um, idea about what it would be like? And in the end, did it was it completely different than you thought, or was it exactly <laughs> what you thought? <laughs> okay, that's question number one. So let me ask Jada to answer that first. Um, I don't think I really knew what to expect, but I felt the calling to be there. And I may have told you this before, but when you were giving the introduction about the uh, remembrance, I was thinking when I was a child, my grandmother, which we have Native American heritage through her side, she had gone on vacation in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and just loved it. And I always wondered what's the great thing about hot springs? You know, I'd never been there, didn't know. And she came back being really, really interested in crystals and would take me looking for crystals. And then I forgot about it until the crystal quest. And when I got there, there was a remembrance. It felt like I was coming home and just a a great sense of peace. And it's a place I just feel like I've, I have to keep going back there. I'm going again this weekend, so I'm looking forward to reconnecting with the land and the people. And the remembrance is not just with the land, but also with the people. You know, we meet everybody, and you lock eyes, and there's just this sense of knowing, and everybody's like family. So it's that was completely unexpected. Well, that is something that we have also um, noticed because – the Crystal Quest has been evol evolving, um, and certainly, I mean, Nancy from the, and I'll, I'll be getting to you in a second here, but from the from the first one to the third one, and then Jada from the second to the fifth, it really is different, so that even if you came every single time, it would still be different every time, but there are certain commonalities, and that re reunion with, with your soul family and meeting, I mean, seeing people that, were long lost friends that you didn't even know were lost until you see them. Um, it is it is a remarkable thing to witness, and that is um, 
the, this pattern that we've seen, it seems that when people start gathering, when they just start, you know, after we send out the invitations and they start gathering, the, the first few people are like the the, um, the buglers. And, and there are, like with any family, there are like subgroups within the family. You know, there's the mom's side and the dad's side, and yeah, we're all family, but there's a, a a further cohesion don't you think jada with, with when when you come back and and see people that you didn't even know you missed until you see oh, them definitely. <laughs> yes it's unbelievable and some people remembered you know they felt like they had been mother daughter before or sisters and and some people just didn't know like with a lot of people i met I didn't really get a sense of what the family relation was because it probably happened over all these thousands of years that we know we're connected. And then we leave and we have this huge network of family all over the place. So, And then when we come back together, it just feels like the connections are stronger and um, it's just a wonderful experience. It's hard to describe. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. So, um, Holly, let me um, ask you the same question. Um, Did you have any um, idea of what would transpire? No, no, I was completely clueless, and I so appreciated the information you were just giving. I was taking notes, and it even helped uh, connect up some other dots for me that I've been wondering about because... I was one of those people that um, I didn't have really any galactic markings in my birth chart. But the first time that I had my reading with Lavendar, I had a solar return reading. My birthday was on 12-12-12, and I was turning 48, which added to 12. So I was like, there must be something special about this. I don't know what this starting thing is. <laughs> and so uh, Lavendar spun up my solar return chart, and I had all 12 uh, houses had star markings in them. <laughs> So she was like, yeah, you have rights of passage to go to the crystal quest. And I had no idea. She was telling me, like, you have the code for crystals. And I was like, I don't know what that means. I don't know anything about crystals. I've never been drawn to them. I was clueless. I guess I was like a sleeper agent. I came in with, like, under the radar. <laughs> I had no aspirations. <laughs> I had, but I just had this compulsion. When I heard about it, I was like, I have to go. And I didn't know why, but I just trusted it and went. And I had zero expectation. I had no idea even how crystals, like, form under the ground, how you dig for them, what you're supposed to do with them. And I was also, and still, I think, am one of those people that has that deep, like, respect and awe for the crystals. I, It was only um, recently that I brought them all out, that I brought home of my big shoebox and laid them all out on a table because I was like, I don't know what to do with them and I don't want to do the wrong thing. And it was just, it was so... Um, like what you described there, and it was like this, like, I, I, you know, I know that they're powerful, and I don't want to mess it up kind of thing, um, but I have my one huge Athena crystal that I brought back from Arkansas that I meditate with just about every day, and um, what Jada said about that soul family thing is amazing, like, that was the first experience I'd ever had like that, where you just show up, and you instantly feel a connection to everybody there, and we had so much fun. I, I, um, and still really good friends with a lot of people there and um, Claudette and I are on the phone at least once a week now. We're fast friends ever since that two years ago. So yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect, but it was 
uh, life-changing. So, and, and I will say it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't like I was standing there going, I'm changed, I'm different. But it, it happened over the past two years where my life is entirely different now than it was two years ago. Mm. And you said you had a couple of questions that, that you, feel free um, if you want to ask me questions. No, I was saying you answered some questions that I had been wondering oh. about, like why why didn't I have star markings on my birth chart? And you were like, some people just don't bring them in with them. And I was like, yeah, I think I snuck in under the radar. <laughs> well, that's right. That's right. Um, sometimes you don't want to come in and advertise everything you've got. Yeah. And and it just it it will be triggered by activations of of progressed planets. It can be um, it can be triggered by coming together with people of like frequency. So when you get around other star seeds, that can activate you as well. Yeah. So you had it you had it really <laughs> coming from all directions. You had it activated by by astrological progression, you had it activated in your solar return, and you also um had it activated being around beings who were carrying a frequency that um kind of like 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 jumper cables um, yeah. you know, that that gets transferred. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it was so interesting because it was so, um, well, can I share an experience on it or do you want to wait um, I'm, either way? Um, let me come back through the line again. Yeah. You just said that and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Nancy. And then um, I got a, another question for the three of you. So let me just, uh, but your, your mic is still open, all three of you, um, Jada. Holly and Nancy. So, if you want to chime in, feel free. Okay. So, uh, so now, um, Nancy, how are you doing? Hi, Ariel. Today? I'm well. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm well. I'm doing much better now. I, I, I went into like you know technology uh, terror at the beginning of the show, and I realized it's like I might just be talking to the dead air here. And yeah, Bonnie said, "Yeah, you were. Nobody I, could hear anything." I was so laughing when I got on, and I went, of course, look how powerful we are. We knocked off yeah. Blog Talk Radio. That's who we are. It was no surprise to me whatsoever. <laughs> and, Vanya, yeah. I have to compliment you, dear sister, for standing strong and coming through when you were needed. It was You did an awesome job, and Anastasia stepping in. It, it felt like it was perfect to me. It was supposed to be that way. <laughs> yeah, and I well, was not surprised at all. <laughs> uh, well, it was uh, a little hair-raising uh, because I'm I'm, I'm really uh, kind of a, a geek, you know. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> when there's a, a, a you know, computer puzzle, I have to solve it. But um, yeah. <clears throat> hopefully hopefully the, the audio quality on my cell phone is... Is it's not fine. Too annoying. It's absolutely uh, perfect. Okay. Well, great. So, Nancy, you were at the very first quest, and that was a a shining, wonderful oh um, gathering. And um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure you noticed differences when you came back again. Oh yes. But being at the first quest, and I mean, we were. Um, we had done as much planning as we could because we didn't have a whole lot of information as far as how you know how the how groups would get together and where they would stay and things like that. But it still had a magic, 
even oh, though yeah. we've gotten better at it, even though we've gotten better at it, the magic was still undeniable at that first quest. Oh my goodness. Well, I really didn't have any expectations. I actually had apprehension in that um I like probably many out there questioned whether I should go or not and it was I don't really have the money, I don't really have the time. Who am I to go and be involved in this extraordinary group blah blah blah. But I finally got the kick in the pants and showed up, you know, 10 days later a spot opened up that was not available and there I was flying into Little Rock, Arkansas. And I met you, and I met Lavendar, and I met Tammy, and it was like, I know you. <laughs> I know you. And, in fact, you and I, Ariel, looked at each other and went, oh, I know you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was such a recognition, and I felt at home, and I knew I, I was supposed to be there. Yeah, I, I think it's just... That- Go ahead. I was like, your, you know, the, your left brain or people's left brains, the 3D, um, you know, practicality and, you know, who, like you said, who am I to do this and oh, this yeah. and that. I mean, that's that's just completely the the left brain uh, ego kind of trying to be in control when it when the right brain needs to, um, you know, take the lead here in these kind of things. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. following your instincts and your guts, go with it because it was beyond my expectations, and I still am in contact with the the beautiful family. And I use the word family. I'm still in contact with many to this day, um, and we're still doing the star seed work, and we speak the same language, which I don't have that in my day-to-day around time life. So we validate each other, and um, it still goes on to this day, and it still is growing. It's uh, fabulous (laughs) what we all bring together. And the the second, um, it was so wonderful that I had to go back a year or so later, and it was different but equally as wonderful um, on different ways. And we, many of us are still in contact in that group, too. It's uh, like meeting long-lost friends and family, which I don't find in my day-to-day life that I'm living, you know, in normalcy. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's, I mean, a lot of star seeds. Um, say the same thing is like you know I'm living here in whatever city and I feel like I'm all alone nobody speaks my language and it's just that you haven't met them yet it's it's not that you are alone it's just that you haven't met them yet and this is this is one avenue there are many different ways to um, to gather together with with star seeds and and that's what we're trying to do is is provide that opportunity um in not only with the crystal quest but you know on the forum and um you know trying to hook people up and you know as it 
usually says at the beginning of the show, which it didn't didn't uh, didn't actually get played this time. Well, maybe it did. Vanya said it kept playing over and over again because I kept thinking, <laughs> I kept thinking, oh, it's I can't hear it. It's not playing. So I kept hitting the button. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I guess you heard the theme song about three times before I finally figured it out. But oh my gosh, that was that was just um, a real knuckle biter there. So <laughs> let me let me go back um, back to to Jada, and I'm going to ask another question, and then you can all kind of be thinking about that um, in the in the meantime. So. Um, we're going to go back up here and say, okay, there's there's Jada. So, um, Jada, you've been at, at two different quests, and Nancy was just talking about the, the difference, you know, between the two. And do you experience kind of the same thing, didn't you, when you came back a second time? Um, it was a different group of people, but the same kind of feeling, would you say? It was, and I knew more what to expect, so I was even more excited about it, but we had the the same recognitions, and it's so interesting the way people come from all over the place, different personalities, different parts of the country, even other countries, all different types of careers, and it's so amazing how we all get along, and the way you do the roommate thing is just a, a perfect combination. Um, someone said in one of them, They'd never been, you know, in their business life. They'd never been with a group of that many people all together, and there's no conflict at all. It's just a lot of fun. And then a lot of people have different responses to the crystals and to the land. Some people have deep emotional responses, I guess, from past memories coming back. Some people are more shy and reserved and have that respect and aren't really sure what to do with crystals at first. Um, but every situation is unique, um, but it's, it feels like it just gets stronger the more we go back. And I'm sure you and Lavendar and Tammy see that even more since you're at all of them. But it feels like each trip keeps building. That's true. That's true. And what did you think about um, your experience at the Quapaw Bathhouse, getting into that um, mineral thermal water Oh, that was amazing. And the first time on my very first quest, I did have all these activations and started having all these memories. And it it kind of surprised me because nothing like that had ever really happened to me before. I mean, my awakening process has been happening slowly over many years, but it, it was just this burst of this vision and knowing about certain things, about who I was and why I was there. And it, it was it was scary at all. It was just recognition. Yeah, well, I think that happens to um, a great number of people um, when they come. Holly, did that? What was your experience in the hot in the uh, hot springs mineral bath? Yeah, it was so new to me, Ariel. I was just beginning at the very beginning of my awakening, so I was clueless and a little freaked out like what's going to happen am I going to start seeing things and you know that kind of thing so I <laughs> I have to say I wasn't like oh my gosh I remember everything now or had special superpowers as I was in the water I, it was amazing and it felt fantastic 
And I just, I have zero doubt as I sit here today that there were lots of things that were activated there. I just couldn't, um, I wasn't aware of it consciously as I was there, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely makes sense. And there, and it's slowly then um, kind of comes through into your conscious awareness. But a lot of, a lot of people are activated kind of time delayed from being in that water because the water is coated with the crystal energy and the DNA of the people who are carrying these frequencies, it matches. So that's, that's, it can be, uh, like, like, like Jada said, she started having memories or it could be activations happen that, that slowly get integrated in the, in the months or even years um, after that event. So, um, uh, Nancy, let me ask you about your um, your time at, in the in the Quapaw bathhouse. How did the, how did you feel about because you did it twice? Well, I would describe it as a multi dimensional experience both times. The first time, I remember lifting my hands up out of the water and holding them apart and there was an electrical current that went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and I was astounded. It showed me how powerful that water and that area was. And um, I'd never experienced anything like that before. But I would say... Go ahead. I would say it's the combination, because I'm sure that... Every, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry that goes in there are not going to have electricity going between their hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That had to do with, you you know, you personally and who you are and what you carry and how that coding um, uh, affected you. So continue. Yes. Well, I certainly received. And each time I would say I got just what I needed and the people showed up that supported me in what I needed at that time. It was an extraordinary experience. I've been to spas, but this is way beyond a spa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's the combination of the coded frequencies in your DNA and your cellular memory and combined with the frequencies that are in the water and the fact that, I mean, Hot Springs itself is on top of a giant crystal that's two or three stories high. So uh, some people feel like they levitate. <laughs> oh, yes. Pricing. And it was very, uh very transforming experience that got us ready for the rest of the week. It got us tuned up and ready for what was to come. Yeah, well, it definitely, and that's that's the plan. That's how come uh, the first thing we do, I mean, we, we go pick up the group at the airport, um, we get resort, we settle in, um, have a meet and greet, and the next, I mean, the very first activity that we do as a group is to go there and get everybody in that water. Yeah. And the, yeah, the, it can, the experience can change, you know, vary from person to person, but I could see the difference as I'm sitting there watching people coming out of the room. They were just glowing, just glowing. Um, you know, that's, it was a wonderful thing to witness. So um, any of this, you, um, 
Jada, Holly, or Nancy, um, any questions or, or further comments um, about Atlantis or the markings or anything? Um, I have a question about, I guess, our biology and our, our family bloodline because I know, you know, like me remembering my grandmother going to hot springs and being fascinated with crystals. I'm sure she was a starseed, but I don't know. And so there's, is it just the biological heritage that gives us the markings or is it more of a soul group heritage too? I don't know if the question really makes sense, but I always... In I understand. my head, I'm thinking, how much is biology and how much of it is spiritual? It's a combination. Because um, when you think about it, when the, when the starseed soul is ready to uh, come to the third dimension, they have to pick their bloodline. And they will often pick a bloodline that they have been part of before or a bloodline that, um, you know, has a, there's some purpose for them choosing that. But they choose the bloodline. So it's a combination. Because obviously, there, I mean, there may be other members of your family who obviously have the same bloodline, but maybe, they, maybe they're not starseeds. Maybe they're there to learn, you know, through this bloodline. But the... Um, it's a combination because a starseed has to have a body that has all of the, the bells and whistles. Um, as Lavendar has said, you know, you need to have the, the vehicle that's fully loaded, you know, uh, where you've got your electric windows and your AC and your uh, GPS and all of the, you know, heated seats and all of that. You have to come and have a vehicle that can carry the frequency, because obviously you couldn't put a, a, a you know, a 240-volt cord into a 110-volt plug. There has right. to be a match. So the, the, the soul resides in the, the biology, and, and they both have to have um, support systems. You know, um, it is a combination. So what you were experiencing, some of it could be the, the DNA memory that came down through the bloodline, and other, you know, would be the the, the soul memory, the genetic, um, uh, the soul records where you have been with your grandmother in other families in other lifetimes, maybe going back generations, maybe she was your sister or your father or vice versa. So there is that, you know, soul incarnation um, cycle and intertwining and then but it's always with the with the right bloodline because you couldn't you couldn't take like I said you couldn't take someone who's got a really high frequency and put them in a body that can't carry that you have to have the wiring to support the energy so when those things come together because obviously there are people who are not star seeds that are going to have these markings but they wouldn't care I mean, they wouldn't be aware. Um, it, would, it would sound like Greek to them. And so there's no match between the soul and, and the body um, as okay. far as the star markings are concerned. You know, they could just be um, the, the human in a, in a typical human body learning their lessons and 
not really focused on anything uh, of a greater galactic nature because they're still trying to figure out how to get along with each other. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So any um from Holly and Nancy, any any questions that you might have about this whole crystal coding thing? Uh well, it's Holly. Kind of a, oh, go ahead, Nancy. I'm sorry. It's kind of a timing thing too, isn't it, Ariel? Um when cer- certain astronomical events happen, it it's like a a time machine kind of clicking, and we're all in our own little, really, uh, our own time, and it's not right or wrong. We're on our own timeline. Um, that's right. That's right. And 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 that's where um, things like daily transits and progress charts come into play, because they show the timing. And when you are getting ready to move into a new era of your life, it's going to be supported with planetary energy, mm-hmm. either by either by progression or by transit. And um, and and speaking of of transit, <clears throat> we always a transit is the current astronomical condition, and it's a mathematical scientific calculation. And we always start the quest at a particular time of the evening um, when the when the Pleiades is on the is on the ascendant. So that might be a little bit too complicated um, astrological information, but um, we have we have timed it um, with that in mind exactly because time is uh, is everything, and there are. Um, combinations of planets we all we have I think always been with the sun at galactic degree. I think maybe one one quest we did at the first uh, the first week of May, the third quest that we did. Um, but all the others now we are doing with with something at galactic degree, whether it's the sun or some other other planet or a rising sun. So I really I want to thank the three of you for taking the time to call in and share your experiences, and um, it's just nice to have that that human factor um, when I'm talking about things that are pretty um, uh, you know <laughs> um, galactically out there, but um, this brings it really to the to the human uh, starseed level and I really appreciate your contributions to the show this evening. Thank you, Ariel. Well it has just been a pleasure to to talk to all of you again. And um I think it we have a, just a, a little bit of time left and I want to use that in case we have um uh callers in the audience that might have some questions that I could answer. May so I just, I just say one thing? Yeah, sure. Um, I, like probably many others out there, did not feel worthy of going for whatever reason. And I just want to say, if you're on the fence and you're feeling the calling, but you're putting these blocks out in your mind and saying, hmm, I, I really shouldn't put those aside and follow your heart 
and follow your intuition. You will never regret it. And the experience just continues to grow and grow you as a person and a soul. You become stronger and more forthright in the world, and that's what we need right now. We need the strength. We need the integrity. And just put those thoughts aside that are keeping you from being you and meet your family and remember who you are. That is very important at this time. And I urge you all to just listen to yourself and go forward. And I thank you, Ariel. I thank you, Lavendar. I thank you, Tammy, for what you are doing. What you are doing is not easy. And I hold you in the highest regard. And I love you. And I can't wait to see you again. Oh, Thank you so much, Nancy. That was so eloquently eloquently said, and um, we just love to hear from you. And um, Holly and Jada as well, thank you so much. Um, We are giving you a big hug over the Internet here through the airwaves, and um, we would just always, you know, you are all three of you always in Arkansas because every group that goes there is building on the energy matrix that all three of you helped to create, and it remains. And as we say at the Crystal Quest, we shall remain. Yes. So very well uh, said, Arielle and Nancy too. Oh, yeah. Thank well, you guys. I, I thank you all for for calling in, Jada, Holly, and Nancy. And I'm going to go ahead and um, mute your microphones now because we might have some callers who would um, like to ask any questions, and if you do have a question or even a comment um, about anything that we've discussed tonight, you'll need to uh, dial, if you're listening on the computer, dial 917-889-8292. If you're already on the switchboard, you'll just need to press 1 on your keypad so we know you want to come on the air. We have a very full switchboard, so um, if you do have a question uh, or a comment, just go ahead and press 1 so that um, we'll have time because we have um, not a whole lot longer because it took me so long to get going tonight. And I really appreciate those of you that have been um, hanging in there since uh, with all the uh, technical problems that we had in the beginning of the show. So um, while I'm waiting to see if anyone has a a question or a comment, um, I want to just elaborate a little bit more because Arkansas has really um, grown into kind of our our home away from home, not only going there uh, twice a year for the the week-long Crystal Quests, but for the past year and a half um, since Tammy has moved there, um, and she, she can vouch for the fact that the energies in that state, or at least in that area, those counties, are it's uplifting, um, the work that we're doing is uplifting the energies of those areas. But um, Tammy is organizing uh, weekend gatherings, and you may have heard Jada 
referring to that, and, and we are usually we do the weekend gatherings at special days of the year. We've had it on Pleiadian lineup. We have had it on Athena's birthday. We have had, like right now, this weekend, August Harmonic Convergence. We've picked very powerful times. And groups that want to come to the weekender, you don't have to have um, crystal star markings. Um, you don't. We don't look at arts. We don't do any kind of, of eligibility. If you want to go, go. And um, there's um, usually about three days. And one of those days will be going to the um, our favorite place, Fisher Mountain. And uh, Tammy and Lavendar are are handling the weekenders, and uh, and I'm I'm running the Starseed Hotline, and so this is something that's available for for everyone, and um, I see we have another Crystal Quester on the line, but I just want to let you know that you can email. Um, you can email Tammy at Starseed Hotline if you're interested in the weekend gathering, um, or you can email me at Crystals at Starseed Hotline if you're interested for the October Quest. We have uh, a few cabins still available, so um, it's not too late, and we would love to have you. I will need to have your birth information if you don't already have your charts done, just to make sure, because for the week-long quest, this is specifically for people that have at least one of the six star markings, which are Galactic Degree in Aquarius and Leo. That brings in the Atlanteans and the August Harmonic Convergence. Um, Galactic Degree in Capricorn and Cancer. That brings in the stewards of the crystal grid and the protection of the planet and the, the balance between man and nature. And, and then we've got the, the galactic degree in Taurus and Scorpio, and that is the Pleiadian piece because the Pleiadians have been in charge. Um, well, I mean, not they're, they're, they cooperate, but they're kind of like the president of the UN. Um, it's not a dictatorship, but they do take the lead in a lot of these things because the Pleiadians have more karma, more history, um, and more starseed bloodlines on the planet than any other group. Um, although they live and work together, many different groups. So I'm going to um, I'm going to pick up this call from Dana. Hey Dana, thanks for calling. <laughs> How are you? Hi guys. I, I didn't follow the instructions in your email, or else I would have emailed you my phone number. Oh you, well, we're just, um, we're we're glad to hear from you. And yes, I um, I thought it was I'm sorry. over. I thought it I thought the call was only going to be an hour and right at seven. Oh uh, no, no, we're we're still here. We're we're wrapping up, but um, I just I just was talking to um, three other um, questers is what we've been calling you. Um, about their experience, and you were, um, you have been not only to the the big week long Crystal Quest, but you've been to the Weekenders as well. Yes, and I'm going back this weekend. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. 
you know, when when you got on on that land and reunited with your family, I mean, you were just you were lit up like a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And 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 it, and I as far as I can tell it hasn't changed. No. You're still carrying that, that light. The one thing that I would just like to express to anybody that hears a call and has the desire to respond to it, that urge that you can't get away from, do it. The trip was so empowering. It was uh, liberating. Um, So many things occurred that I was oblivious to going on within myself. And just being there, I I felt an immense amount of uh, family, but it was more than family. It was a connection that I can't even described beyond the word love and all that, you know, that word encompasses. Um, Being there was life-changing in the sense that, like you said, I was lit up. Um, I was immediately, like, transported back to the child in me where I had no responsibility. I could be free. And everybody in that group with me it was the same. Everybody was so down to earth. There was no um, uh, professions, none of that stuff that we in the 3D um, make ourselves to be. We just were, and we were one, and it was the most um, fulfilling. And as a woman, you know, we say childbirth, but the reunion is beyond everything that we can say um, is human. It goes beyond the physical, and it's deep in your cells, in your soul, that that part, that magnet that draws you back. And it was like that with everybody. And I just want everybody to be able to experience that oneness while here in the flesh. That's why I'm encouraging people to go. It's life-changing. Everything changes. So that's what I want to leave. Oh, well, (laughs) thank you. Thank you so much. And, yes, you have found a family. And um, we're we're just always we're always happy to be able to spend time with you, and you know, and then you turn around, <clears throat> like, and this is the the ultimate the ultimate beauty of this these type of gatherings is that the people then that leave the quest, then how many other people are you mm-hmm. now affecting? How many people are you waking up? How many people are you sending your light to? I mean, even if you're not doing it on purpose, but you mm-hmm. are now activating other people. So it just kind of, um, uh, what is, I'm, look, I'm looking like a spider web that keeps getting bigger and bigger and bringing in more people to this to this circle of 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 power of empowerment, and um, it's it's for the benefit mm-hmm. of the planet, for the benefit of the crystals, and for the benefit of the individual. It really covers all those levels. Mhm. I agree. Yes. Yes. Well, Dana, thank you so much for calling in. It's always wonderful to hear your voice and have a great time in Arkansas this weekend. Um and I just I just know you're going to have another spectacular <laughs> spectacular weekend. So yeah, we have voice too, Ariel. And maybe um, maybe you'll you'll come back to uh, to the to the week long. I know because you just live right there in Texas. It's pretty easy for you to get to Arkansas. So um, hopefully hopefully we'll get to see you. Um, I'll get to see you. 
uh, again in the future. So, yes, soon. Okay. Well, big hug to you, sweetie. Thanks for calling. Okay. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, well we have uh we have another person in the uh in the screening room and as soon as they are done with um oh looks like they fell off the board. Okay. Um well if we have anybody else with a question, uh <laughs> press one now or forever hold your peace because we're about ready to wrap it up otherwise. So um whether you want to go to Arkansas for the for the weekend or coming to the week long quest and and like Dana said with the week long quest everything is provided and taken care of so that you don't really have to be responsible for anything except having the experience uh, you know, we cart you around we feed you we 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 have lodging and um everything is everything is handled so you really don't have to do anything um, you know, adult stuff. <laughs> As Tana said, she got to just be like a like a kid, free with no responsibilities, and it gives the, it gives everybody that opportunity to enjoy the experience and enjoy the area. And the a thing that everybody notices through all seven quests is that as we're coming away from the airport. We've got you know uh, kind of flat land, and then you start getting up into the into the Washita mountains um and and it starts to the energy starts to shift and when you when you pull onto this resort uh which is right on Lake Washita, under the lake, there is a really strong vein of crystals, and that is energizing the water in the lake it energizes the land i mean when you just walk around. The neighborhood of, of this resort, there are crystals just, I mean, pieces of crystals laying on the ground. They're not maybe museum specimens, but the crystals are just everywhere. And being in that energy, it starts the minute you pull onto the property. And the, the land remembers you from before. So that's all part of this grand design as i said it goes all the way back to atlantis and they knew the day would come when we could again pick up crystals and technology but it would have to be 10,000 years later from the age of leo to the age of aquarius which is that straight shot right across right across the wheel so as the august harmonic convergence is happening Right now, today, tomorrow, the next day, this is going to be affecting a lot of star seeds on a lot of different levels. A lot of awakening. Pay attention to everything that happens in the next few days. And if this is activating your Atlantean records, it can activate your Pleiadian records, it can activate any kinds of records that um, are galactically based. So that... Um, we have another caller here. <laughs> okay, so, um, and I do want to talk to this caller, so I'm going to hang on here for a second, and I hope you can too. Um, it's a real special girl, and I don't think she knows how special she is, but um, I am picking up on Shana. Is this the Shana that is having a birthday now? 
yes, this is the Shayna that's having a birthday now. Yeah, well, I I know that um, you have a special spot in in our hearts because the very first time um, when when you requested a, a reading, and I looked at your birthday, I I called up Lavendar because, as you have heard probably in other other episodes, Lavendar say that you know everybody in 1987 was all about the oh August harmonic convergence is going to be on the 16th or the 18th, but she said it was really on the 20th. It may have started, but it really it wrapped up on August 20th, 1987. And guess what? That's your birthday. So when I saw that, it's like, oh, my gosh, who is this? And I called up Lavender. I was like, where do you see this girl's chart? Um, and then I just did your solar return today. Um, and you're just going to have a great year, girl. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm preparing for my uh, solar return ceremony. And um absolutely looking forward to the galactic homecoming this weekend uh and i'm really looking forward to seeing everyone and reconnecting and powering up getting ready for for what's to come oh gosh well you just picture yourself as the girl in the cannon okay (laughs) (laughs) get ready to fly better buckle up I'm ready. I'm so ready. I've waited a long time for it. I I do want you to print out that chart that I sent you and make sure that Lavendar sees it because she won't have the the capacity and ability to run or print a chart. She won't have all that stuff with her. So take the one that I sent you with you. And I'm so glad that you're going to be there this weekend in Arkansas on that mountain. I mean, literally hours after your your ten hours of power, you're going to be standing on one of the most powerful points in the planet. So that's what I was saying. <laughs> Better for you buckle up. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, thank y'all so much, and I look forward to seeing everyone. Absolutely, and I love y'all, and thank you for what you do. You are so welcome, Shana, and I hope I get to meet you someday. I won't be there this weekend, but I will meet you at some future point. All right. Okay, sweetie. Thanks for calling. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I'm glad she called in. So, um, everyone, I want to thank you for listening to our show this evening, and thank you for bearing with me. Um, I, my, (laughs) I'm still on my cell phone, obviously, because my, my landline is, is hung up somewhere in cyberspace. And, um, I was really looking forward to doing this show, and I'm glad that it worked out okay so that I can be on the air and and share this information with you. And much love to all of our Starseed family. Thank you especially to um, Vanya. And, and yes, Vanya, I'll talk to you um, in a few minutes after the show. So, and Anastasia, thank you so much for the Starseed news. And um, I think that we'll be back next week. I certainly hope so. Um, and I hope that you can join us. Um, God willing, and uh, if the software is working, I will talk to you next week. So take care, everyone, and enjoy August Harmonic Convergence. Spend some time alone, especially outside, and just soak it up and go forward. Good night, everyone. 
have been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 